0: Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken.
1: Hello, this is Shep Hyken on Amazing Business Radio on CBS and Play It, and I'm excited today because we're going to have another amazing episode because we have Dr. Alan Zimmerman. Now, some people don't know who Alan is, but if you've been watching TV, you've seen him on CNN, you've seen him on CBS in The Morning Show. He's been on TV. He has traveled the world uh, delivering presentations. He's a member of the National Speakers Association Hall of Fame. Uh, this guy is the real deal, and he has a new book coming out called The Payoff Principle, and this is all about being happy and successful in life. Alan, welcome to Amazing Business Radio.
2: I'm pleased to be here, Chef. Uh, thanks to everybody listening in today.
1: Well, we have a lot to talk about because we want to learn how to be happy and successful, or, for some of us, be happier and more successful. So one of the things that you talk about is, is you say everybody wants the same two things out of life. What are they, and how come people
2: say they don't achieve them? Well, I spent a number of years, almost 30 years, researching a hundred thousand people asking them what they want out of life. A hundred thousand. Number one. <laughs> yeah, hundred thousand. That's a lot. And I would keep asking, "What do you want out of life?" By far, the number one answer was, "I just want to be happy." But the number two answer was, "I want to be a success." And There's do they go hand in hand? One of them. They do. People they associate happiness more with personal success, more with work, but they overlap dramatically.
1: Yeah, I would and think that if is. you're uh, not happy at work, you may not be happy in your personal life either.
2: You're so right. And the difficulty is, even though people know what they might want—more happiness, more success—very few people have ever been taught how to find those two things. Not even know what—not even know what they mean. Let alone find them.
1: And and why is that?
2: Well, I think we get stuck in ruts. So we go to our jobs, we get a paycheck, we we'll pay the bills another day, another dollar. And we don't think about what is my purpose in life, what is success? It's a matter of survival. We haven't been taught it, don't take time to think about it. it. Might seem too touchy feely, not cool. A number of reasons, and so people are somewhat just on autopilot.
1: Right, and and they feel that, you know, you say stuck in the rut, they're just stuck there, they don't see any way out.
2: It's often the case. Yeah, I've always done it this way, I don't know that I can do any better, I'm not even sure I can have the skills, the talent, the time, the interest, and they feel like they lack to do more, to do better. And typically people will say, that's the way I've always been. I can't help the way I feel.
1: And, and it, is that, that a valid
2: excuse? Yeah, it's a big fat lie. I'm glad People you said that. <laughs> People can change the way they feel. They may not know how. That's the catch. But they can change.
1: And does your new book, The Payoff Principle, teach them how to make that change?
2: Yeah, I'm all about what works. My clients can care less about theory. They just say, tell me how to do it. I want to have more success in my job, get along with my coworkers, want to get a promotion, improve the relationship with my wife. They don't care about theory. They want to know how to do it. So it's all about what works.
1: Is is a lot of it about just having a better attitude or a more optimistic attitude.
2: Well, the subtitle of the book is discover the three secrets to get more happiness and life out of work. And one of the secrets is attitude. I call it passion. Okay. Can you go can you go three?
1: Right. Well, we're going to talk about all three today, but just the other day, somebody said to me, you've never had anything bad happen to you in your life. That's why you're so optimistic. And I thought to myself, I am a very optimistic person. I've had bad things happen to me. I I mean, they aren't uh, they and some of them, by the way, are life changing. But um, you know, they could be the loss of somebody you care about. Uh, maybe the breakup of a girlfriend. I mean, talk about devastating when you're younger. Um, or you know, it, it was for me. It was a girlfriend. It could be uh, you know anybody. It could be uh, losing a job, being fired. And I think sometimes when those things happen to you, you know, you have to pick yourself up and you got to dust yourself off and you say, okay, what am I going to do to move forward? And I believe. So much of happiness out of life is about what you decide to do with what comes your way, regardless of it being good or bad.
2: You're so right. People are so confused about positive thinking or positive attitude, and they think if you've got a good attitude, nothing ever bad happens to you. You're always happy, always upbeat. That's not even possible.
1: No, it's not.
2: What a, what a good attitude does is it doesn't allow you to stay down quite so long and gives the skill to get out of that and move forward
1: right a friend of mine uh, dr. Jason Selk, I don't know if you know Jason uh, yeah. He, he, yeah. he's he's got this thing he calls I I I think it's called the relentless relentless focused solution and what it is is no matter how dire or bad that experience is that you're in right now the goal is to find one even the smallest thing that's going to make you feel better about it. And it may be as simple as, let me step outside and get some fresh air. And then once you get a little bit, you know, something a little bit better, then you're looking for the next, even just micro uh, thing. It could be virtually, you know, um, just not even have any real impact, but it's just so small to make you feel better. The goal being you're looking for the good, no matter what it is or how small it is. And I just love that because as I've been faced with some, You know, really ridiculous. They're not life changing experiences, but I'm sitting there thinking, how am I going to get home tonight? I'm so frustrated. The plane just canceled. It's the last flight out on this airline. How do I get to the next airline? And that seems so insignificant compared to other things going on. But you know, it causes stress and anxiety. And it's like, okay, what am I going to do just to make this a little bit better?
2: You're right. One of the things that I talk about constantly is always, always. Always something good in any situation. You can see that and maintain the energy, the attitude. Uh, for example, uh, you mentioned life-changing events. In one weekend, I lost my mother; she committed suicide. Oh no! Sorry. My same weekend, my wife came, announced a divorce, had a lover with somebody else, took the child, went to France, didn't see that daughter for years and years. Horrible stuff. Horrible. But what I learned from that is that I can handle anything. I can take care of myself. I can make changes. I can survive. I can go on. Doesn't mean I want to go through that again, but I learned something about my strength and resiliency.
1: So not only have you interviewed and studied 100,000 people, you've actually experienced some of what you've written about yourself.
2: For sure. There's a lot of personal stuff in the book. I decided to lay it on the line. Wow. It's not just theory. This is what works.
1: So the book is called The Payoff Principle. It has three elements, uh, purpose, passion, and process. So let's break it down. Let's talk about the first one. And, and you may, you've may you already alluded to attitude and passion, and we're going to come back to that. But let's talk
2: about purpose, first of all. Well, purpose is the first element in this success formula. And that I really believe that everybody here is to make some kind of difference in the world. It may be in your family, maybe may be in your church or temple, It may be in your community, with your customers, in your company. You're here to make some kind of a positive difference. And when you know your purpose, amazing wells of power come out of you. But I hear people say, well, another day, another dollar. Their purpose is to go to the job, get a paycheck, pay off the mortgage. That's not purpose. That's survival. And if you've been reading, Chef, I'm sure you have some of the research as to what characterizes those who live the longest. Dan Dittner's research, for example. He studied the world's longest living people around the world. Those who live commonly beyond 100 years of age. The number one characteristic is they have a reason to get out of bed in the morning. they got a clear purpose. They know what it is, and that keeps them going. So what's your purpose? I'm excited about sharing. I've been blessed. I got a lot of insight as to what is human nature, how it works, what gets in the way of success, what gets in the way of our progress, what gets in the way of a good relationship. And I get turned on excited sharing some of what I've learned, give them some shortcuts to, to a better life. When I see somebody get excited, the other day I spoke to 2,000 people, the same one came up, there's not there. They're hugging me and, <laughs> and just said, bless you. You know, thank God. Hey, I need to be here today. This changed my life. You know, that gives me a tremendous sense of gratitude. That what I get to say can make their life better.
1: You know, as a professional speaker, as you are, they say one of the things that makes a person successful is that they are they they understand their purpose. And and by the way, the next principle is is passion, which we'll talk about after the break, but I think that the concept of purpose, knowing what you're there for, and you delivered. And you know what? Out of 2,000 people, if it was only one person, by the way, I'm sure it was many, many more than that one person, but if all it was was one person, then you did your job. Simple as that. Yeah. Thank you. So you talk about this three-legged stool in the book uh, as it applies to purpose, What do you mean? And let's talk about each one of those legs. I think our listeners would like to hear that.
2: once I describe purpose, people will say, sounds interesting, Ellen, but I'm not sure what my purpose is or how to find my purpose. And so I create this little image of a three-legged stool. Each leg of the stool asks a specific question. When you know the answer to each question, you get the top of the stool, the platform, this is your purpose. The first lake asks, what are you good at? I want people to write down 20, 100, 500 things they're good at. Maybe they can bake a cake. Maybe they can settle down an upset child. Maybe they can help a customer resolve a difficulty. Write down everything you're good at. It's the first thing. Second lake is what excites you? What turns you on? In other words, purpose is not something that is awful, that you dread, it's boring. You hate doing it. It excites you. And the third leg: What difference do you want to make? Whether that's locally in your home and the world, what difference do you want to make? When those three questions are answered, when they come together, you find the purpose.
1: Wow! So, so for
2: example, yeah,
1: go ahead. Go ahead. I, I want to hear an example. I was just going to think. I was going to come up with one of my own, <laughs> but I, I would love to hear yours.
2: Yeah. Well. I've been so fortunate to be in the profession that I'm in. First, like, what are you good at? I'm good at taking all kinds of complex psychological theory. I'm a PhD in communication and in psychology. A lot of the research, quite simply, is dry, difficult to understand. I'm good at taking all that complex stuff and making it simple, and making it fun, so people can understand it and use it. I'm good at that. Secondly, what excites me? I love to travel, love meeting people, love seeing the world. I'm a professional I see the world. I do not mind getting on a plane, traveling somewhere, talking to a group of people. And if some speakers hate it, I love it. And the third leg, the difference I want to make. I want to make marriages better. I want to make companies profitable. And I see my information doing that. So all three questions are answered perfectly, and for me, I carry that out through public speaking.
1: Well, so the first two are what you're good at and what excites you. And then the third is almost not just what the difference that you want to make, but it's almost the result of what you do. And then I would say, does that result make a difference? And is that because I'm sure that if people list out all the things that they're good at and all the things that they're passionate about based on that list, I'm sure there's going to be, you know, quite a few. Uh, hey, you know, I'm, I'm an okay guitar player, and I'm really passionate about it, uh, but then I'm also better at something else or good at something else and passionate about it, and if I choose one of those to exploit it, to try and, and let the world know, hey, this is, this is how I'm going to make a difference, I might be happier as a result. I'll become more fulfilled that my passion and what excites me uh, and what I'm good at is, is being used for good. It's not just use, used uh, selfishly. I guess that's a good Absolutely. way to say it. Yeah.
2: So... They're, they're like, let's, It's not all about me, me, me. Mm-hmm. So how do I use this stuff that I've been gifted with to make a difference out there with other people?
1: Right, and that's the key. Finding what you love to do, what you're good at, and what's the result and how it impacts others. And when yes. you, you can do that, it's, it's like you've hit the trifecta, hence the three-legged stool.
2: You understand those three questions. Purpose is not the big, scary, unclear thing anymore. It'll come to mind. You'll know what your purpose is.
1: Yep, it's crystal clear. Well, we're talking with Dr. Alan Zimmerman on Amazing Business Radio. We're going to take a really short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about passion and process, which are the other two principles or elements of his payoff principle, his newest book, which is out now. So we'll be right back. Don't go away. Stand by.
0: You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken.
1: We're back. This is Shep Hyken on Amazing Business Radio, and we're with Dr. Alan Zimmerman. We're talking about his newest book, The Payoff Principle. We've talked about purpose, and he's broken it down. He's made it crystal clear. The next element of the three elements is passion. So let's talk about passion. Uh, We've we've mentioned it already. It's a little bit about attitude, but I want to go a little bit deeper than that because I want people to understand how passion plays out and it's such an important part of being fulfilled, being happy and successful.
2: Well absolutely. As we said before, purpose is all about where you're going, why you're here. And we all know folks who have a strong sense of purpose, but they don't have much to show for it. So it's just the first part of the process of success. The second part, passion, it's the fuel, it's the energy. I call it a fire burning inside you, and a fire has three elements to make it successful. You got to have some fuel for that fire, which might be like wood or charcoal. I call it the fuel attitude. You've got to have some oxygen, some air that comes into that fire to keep it alive, keep it burning. That oxygen I call persistence. And for the fire to do good, it needs to be controlled. Fire ring to guide it in the right direction. I call that character. Those three things create some passion that will create some results.
1: All right, so you need the fuel, you need the oxygen, and you need to have direction. Give us some examples. Yes, yes, certainly.
2: In terms of the first part, the attitude, the fuel. How do you get some of that? It's a matter of changing your attitude, making it positive. I see that the muscle that can be developed can be strengthened. I only mentioned a few moments ago. If you can get in the habit of seeing something positive in every situation, and there's always something a sudden there to reinforce the positive attitude. If you expect good things to happen, called the self-fulfilling prophecy. If you go to a seminar expecting something bad to happen, do they waste some time, you'll find something to gripe about. Expect to learn something, you'll learn something. Expect good things to happen. When negative someone in your life, counteract every negative of a positive but. but. For example, in a workshop a while ago, I had people do this exercise. They said, take a piece of paper and put a line down the middle. Top of the left-hand side, write the word problems, and list all your problems, financial problems, personal problems, health problems, whatever. On the other side, jot down the word blessings, and for every problem you list, put a counteracting blessing. This woman wrote down, she was in her 80s. I thought, wow, still coming to workshops.
1: At, 80s, at 80 years old.
2: <laughs> yeah, I still living in continuing education. God bless her.
1: She's trying to figure out how to have those 100
2: happy birthdays. <laughs> right. She wrote down on the negative side problem I lost my husband recently, but I still had my children. Oh. I lost a lot of money when my stocks dropped drastically, but. I have my house, which is paid for. Uh, my son goes out of town, but he calls me three times every week. Uh, my hearing has gotten poor, but I can still see very well to read. I tell the audience that you see the point? I see the
1: point, it, a, yeah,
2: it works. If yeah. you focus on the left-hand side, that you lost a house or lost some money in the stock market, a uh, husband that died, and be as depressed as you want to be. Focus on the other side that you got a kid that calls, house that's paid for, site that works, and extremely positive. Exactly how attitude works, what you focus on.
1: And you know, even if, if all it does is get you back to even, that's better than being on the negative side. <laughs> yeah. So that's a great Absolutely way of doing perfect. it. So that's a great exercise. I urge everyone to do that. And and you know what? You don't have to show this piece of paper to anybody. This could be just something that internally makes you feel good. You know, um, I, I this really it, it ties into this. But there was uh, one of these day planners that somebody gave me. You know, a little pocket planner, a little mm-hmm, yes. leather thing that you open it up and it had every a little spot for every day, and. He asked me, do you use day planners? And I thought, yeah. And I thought, am I really going to use this? And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to use it as a day planner. I'm going to use it as a day reflector. And at the end of each day, on the weekdays, I would write down two entries. One good thing that happened to me personally and one good thing that happened to me professionally. And on the weekends, I would just write down something, unless there was something that happened professionally for whatever reason, if I happened to be doing work that weekend. But otherwise, I would write down something personally that was gratifying, something that I was appreciative of, something good that happened. And it could be, you know what, I had a great dinner with my wife. I ran into a friend. I talked to somebody on the phone. Or it could be something very, very meaningful. Um, You know, my kids came in town and surprised me on Father's Day. But here's my point. It's like a gratitude principle. At the Mm -hmm. end of doing that, for one solid year, I look back and even my worst days had something good in them. And I think that was such a powerful exercise to go through.
2: Makes a lot of sense. I would certainly endorse that practice.
1: But this is, in a sense, the same way, and it also allows you to vent a little bit because everybody likes to say, oh, gosh, you know, pity me a little bit. Hey, it's, it's, a, it's not a pity party. Let's get out of it. So how do you do it? You look at the bright side. Something always counteracts it. And if you're an optimistic person by nature, chances are the positive far outweigh the negative. Mm-hmm. You're right on target. So we've talked about purpose. We've talked about passion. Let's talk about process.
2: The process is the way you get stuff done. As I was saying before, you can have a strong sense of purpose, a wonderful thing you want to achieve, a difference you want to make, have a really great sense of passion, a lot of energy, but they have no idea how to do anything. And we all know folks who are intelligent, who are bright, who are motivated, but sit on their butts and accomplish very little because they don't know how to do it. And so process is having a set of skills, personal skills and professional skills, to get the results you want. Turning that purpose, those goals, that passion into some real, tangible results that I call payoffs. Therefore, the reason for the title of the book, The Payoff Principle. So it's the skills to get things done.
1: So how do you pick up those skills?
2: Well, you learn them. Skills can be taught and practiced.
1: Right, but let's say I'm... Forty or fifty years old. I mean I've had my education. I've lived a bunch you know, many years and, and I've and 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 now you're telling me I need to learn a skill.
2: Yeah. I think I have what the answer. <laughs> There's several processes. I focus on two personal, two professional in the book. One skill you just alluded to, you said I been the school on forty years of age. One the processes is continuing education. You've got to buy into the fact that school is never out. One of our colleagues, Marshall Goldsmith, has a great book, What Got You Here Won't Get You There.
1: Amen to that.
2: In other words, what may be helpful today, what may work today, what may be relevant today is likely to be obsolete in a few years. It cannot stop learning, personally, professionally. I would say get a program. One thing I did that changed my life dramatically years ago, I decided I would spend a minimum of 10 minutes a day reading something educational or hearing something motivational, 10 minutes a day. Not a big commitment, but that 10 minutes turns into 60 hours more per year of education I wouldn't have gotten otherwise. It has made me healthier physically, helped me financially, improved my marriage, built my business get a program for continuing education. It's one of the processes you cannot live about.
1: It probably made you a more interesting person, too. What were the kinds of things you were reading uh, or listening to 10 minutes a day?
2: Well, certainly when I'm traveling, I'm listening to audio recordings all the time. I listen to speakers. That's my interest. That's my industry. But there are speakers on every possible topic, whether it's a TED Talk, it's a motivational speaker, it's a sermon at church. I'm picking... <laughs> I ask. I'm in a mastermind group with other professionals I respect a great deal. One thing we share is what have you read lately that's really impacted your life? Could be fiction. It could be nonfiction. What happens for a lot of us? The world is full of books. So many out there. We get so inundated, don't, don't even know where to start. Well, we can't read everything. Forget that.
1: And some but people don't even friends. like to read. And uh, you've already mentioned that one of the best resources, if you're willing instead to spend 10 minutes and not read, why don't you spend 18 minutes and watch a TED Talk? Yes, absolutely. You know, go on the Internet, type in TED, T-E-D, or even TEDx, and find topics that you like, and there are dozens of great Thought leaders, speakers, educators on probably virtually any topic, definitely ones of your interest, and take the time to just sit there and relax and enjoy it.
2: I was taken back on my new book, The Payoff Principle. Just came out. Hadn't even mentioned to anybody the Audible version of the book that they can get on Amazon, audible.com, and it was selling huge numbers, even before I mentioned it or marketed it, people want audible products because there are folks who want to learn and then do it through audible learning.
1: So if you're sitting on the train every day on the way into the city or you're taking a bus or you're in a car going to work, uh, I, it's, this is the perfect opportunity to have continuing education. You know, I, I, years ago, Brian Tracy used to say, hey, if you're in the car for 20 minutes and you pop one of his cassettes, audio cassettes, remember those? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> the now, old days. <laughs> yeah, they now they still sell CDs, but pretty much everything's going to the downloaded onto your smartphone or or whatever. So now right. you don't even have to, to have a physical product; it just resides in that little thing in your pocket called a smartphone. And uh, but if you were to take fifteen twenty minutes on the way into work every day and on the way home, that's thirty minutes. At the end of a week, that's two and a half hours. At the end of a month. That's 10 extra hours, and you know, 120 hours, that's a little bit more than your 60 hours that you're talking about. But still, that's in your car. What else are you going to do in your car, right? You're sitting in traffic. You can choose to be frustrated, darn it, I can't believe I'm stuck in traffic, or this is great. I have an extra opportunity to listen to another 10 minutes of Dr. Alan Zimmerman telling me how I can achieve, you know, happiness and success, <laughs> So
2: Yeah, or listen to Chef Haiken, you're so right because
1: it's so painless and it's fun. Right, right. So we are listening to Dr. Alan Zimmerman and we're talking about how to be happy and successful. We're talking about his new book, which is called The Payoff Principle. We've got a few other ideas we want to talk about when we come back from the break, so don't go away. This is Chef Heiken on Amazing Business Radio.
0: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at Play.it. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken.
1: We're back on Amazing Business Radio. This is Shep Hyken. We're talking with Dr. Alan Zimmerman about his newest book, The Payoff Principle. We have talked about the three elements uh, of, uh, that will help you be successful and find happiness. It's purpose, it's passion, it's process. But there's something else in the book that I think is powerful that I want everybody to know about. It's called The Process of Connective Communication. Uh, Dr. Alan, go ahead, share that with us.
2: Absolutely. Every place I go, I find that people ask the same question. How do I get people to do what I want them to do? All leaders, executives, managers, supervisors, coworkers, parents, spouses ask the same question. How do you get folks to do what I want them to do? And there is an answer. It breaks down to a couple of simple principles. I say it this way to the degree that you give other folks what they need, they'll give you what you need.
1: I like that. You can that. take
2: courses on, yeah, you can take courses on motivation, persuasion, salesmanship, get a master's degree, doctor's degree. But i have been teaching those things for years at the university. Almost everything you learn will boil down to some duration of that sentence. Give folks what they need, get back the cooperation and engagement you need.
1: One of my favorite uh, speakers who's no longer with us on this earth is uh, Zig Ziglar. And Zig Mm -hmm. had a a saying, if you help enough people get what they want, you'll get what you want. It's the law of reciprocity. And it's um, being supportive of others. It's supporting not just an individual. Perhaps it's your community. Perhaps it's a charity. It's giving of yourself. And uh, it comes back. It really does. It comes back a couple of ways. Maybe it's good karma just to do things like that and have it come back to you. And, and uh, But it also makes you feel good if you're helping other people. And sometimes
2: that's all the payoff that you need. You're right. The one caution I would put on this, the principle works wonderfully well. But there's two implications hidden in that statement. I said, the degree you give others what they need, they'll give you what you need. Well, the first implication says, you got to know what they need. And people make the mistake of presuming everybody needs the same thing. After all, that's that's fair, treat them the same. But it doesn't work. Gotta know what they need. For one person, may be a lot of respect in the job place. For somebody else, it may be being fully informed. Somebody else, a part of the process of making a decision. Gotta know what they need. And the second implication is, notice the sequence. Gotta give them what they need, then get back the cooperation you need and most folks get this backwards it's the manager that says yeah I'll believe in my employees when they work harder or the parent says I'll praise my kids if he gets better grades in school but it's not how it works that first you encourage the employee then he or she works harder first you believe in the kids then they get better grades gotta get that sequence right to get this engaged process working for you.
1: And I think if you get it wrong and it's backwards, it's more self-serving than giving.
2: Yes, and it leads to conflict as well.
1: Right, and the other thing, and you mentioned it, and the way you said it started making me think, you know, if you help enough people get what they want, you'll get what you want. I, I think that there should never be a, a motive behind helping other people than to sincerely help other people, because that's when it comes back if you don't expect anything in return. And I think that's, uh, it, and I don't remember who the person was. I I, the, I first heard Nito Cobain, who we both know, uh, an amazing man, say something like this. Unfortunately, I can't remember who he attributed it to, but he said that, it, especially when it comes to charity, but I think this is a great philosophy in life, give and forget, receive and mm-hmm. remember. Yes. And I like that. Maybe one of our listeners will shoot me an email and tell me who it was that said that, or I could just pick up the phone and call Nito. <laughs> so, these are well, if powerful you're principles. To get something
2: back, that's a transaction. That's quite different than a service.
1: Yeah, and, and I think. You know, it's it's like in business. If you care immensely about your profits, you're gonna be fighting to make a sale. But if you care about the customer and you really care and you give them what they need and what they want, the sale's going to come. And uh, th- this principle manifests itself in so many different ways that you're talking about here. Uh, so whether it's, you know, getting your kids to clean up their room or, or get better grades. You know, like you said, believe in the kids first and things will start to happen. You'll make them feel better. Uh, if you go the other direction, uh, like I say, in business, I mean, it's just it's such an appropriate thing. Go after profit first, and you'll be lucky if the people buy. But go after that person and make them feel good. Make them feel appreciated. Be genuine, sincere. And let these three principles that you talked about earlier, which are your purpose, passion, and the process of, of doing so, uh, I think it, it just kind of all ties together, a nice little neat bow, doesn't it?
2: I think it's so true. You've Got to have all three. When I speak, people missing one of the three elements. Right, they end up being what I call a struggler, a dreamer, a good enougher, but they're not going to be getting the great results they want.
1: All right. Well, we are just about out of time. And before we go any further, I would like you to share with us one last nugget, one last thought that you have, something that would hopefully make a difference. And that, by the way, doesn't include going out and buying the book. I'll tell people again about (laughs) buying the book in just a moment. But uh, just one thought from you, because you're a very sharp dude. I mean, you're a smart guy. I've, I've watched and listened to you for probably at least 20 or 25 years. What one idea do you have for us?
2: This goes right along with my purpose in life. I so believe in people and their potential. And I would tell people this. You can have so much more because you can become so much more. Don't settle for what you have. Remember, you can have so much more because you can become so much more. I encourage you to do it. Go out there. Become more. You'll never regret it.
1: I love it. Very, very inspiring words. Everybody, don't waste time. Go get the book. The book is called "The Payoff Principle." You can go direct to Alan's website, uh, which is. Go ahead and share the website.
2: It's simply drzimmerman.com. Dr. Zimmerman.com.
1: I love it. Dr. Zimmerman.com. That's easy. Or go to Amazon.com, barnesandnoble.com, or you might be able to find it in your local bookstore. And if not, you can always ask them and they'll get it for you. No excuse not to have this. No excuse not to be happier and more successful in your life. This is why we call this Amazing Business Radio because we have amazing guests like Dr. Alan Zimmerman sharing amazing ideas and amazing tips on all types of different things from business to personal success. Uh, Alan, thank you very much for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. This is Shep and reminding you to always be amazing.